<laughs> he's talking about <laughs> Dragonlance, everybody. No, it wasn't. He's trying to insinuate Dragonlance. Nope, I didn't say it at all. Dark Sun, that's what I was saying. Shut up. Hello and welcome to the Bite-Sized Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are Troy Sandlin, Catherine Lindquist, and John Christian. Everyone say hey. Hey, Hey guys. So let's break down how this podcast is going to work. It's going to be completely different than what we've done before. We're cutting a whole bunch of our uh, meal dialogue out. And we're treating this like you and I's everyday meal, where we're going to have our dessert first, and then our <laughs> single course, and we're going to be good to go, right? We're just going to gorge yes. on one course. Right? We're going to gorge awesome. ourselves. Right. Um, the American way. Exactly. And we're going to just <laughs> see Lovely. how this works. Do we like having our dessert first? Do we like having all our little tidbits all in one package, and then getting to talk about something longer form at the end? Um, if we like it, maybe we'll stick with it. If not, um, no harm, no foul. We'll dive back in and we'll we'll never speak of this episode again. Um, <laughs> so, if everyone's ready, let's dive in to let's episode 11. Let's, let's do it. Sweet. All right. So, our community pulse, which we're now just calling tidbits or dessert. Um, this is whatever items that we felt like... Uh, would be cool to bring up and have a short little conversation about. Today, it looks like we have one, two, three, four, five of these, um, or thereabouts. Um, let's just go right down the list here. No, let's bounce around. Let's bounce around. I think there's some good ones to start with. Troy, you've got a Kickstarter to pitch to us. Uh, yeah, kind of. It's it's already done. <laughs> but they have late backers. The, the late backer button is available. Oh, and cool. it is... Deadlands, the original Weird West role-playing game uh, for the new uh, adventure uh, for the new Savage Worlds uh, rule set. Yeah. Um, I, this was something that I had always wanted to play, even when Deadlands first came out so many moons ago. Um, but never never had the time or a group that really wanted to uh, get involved. I was a I'm a huge westerns western mm-hmm. fan, um, and if you're going to mix zombies and magic and stuff into my into my wild west, I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah, I am all about it. But yeah, so it, it's it's out there. It, it has funded. It has more than funded. Um, it, it actually uh, raised uh, over half a million dollars five nice. five hundred and sixty eight thousand. So, hmm. yeah, it uh, sounds and it sounds pretty cool. I mean, just just looking through it, the the different mechanics of it, and and Savage Worlds is a solid system as it is. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, if, how uh, about the uh, how about that DM screen or GM screen? Do you see that on there? We scroll down all the way down there. It's like the, the writers. It is a gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous DM. Uh, it's in the box, the core box set. If you take a look at the. Oh yeah, it's kind of behind a lot of the stuff, but you can kind of see that very, like, um, very cinematic. Of the planes, yeah. Oh my god, it looks. Yeah, it's absolutely the, gorgeous. Yeah, so that's probably awesome. the, the, the dust most kicking up and screen. Of, some of that art, that artwork is fantastic for that. Oh yeah, it does look pretty good. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Deadlands. I had a buddy of mine that kind of turned me on to it a little bit. And I never, I've never played it, but I like, I love the lore, you know, hucksters and gunfighters and and you know, shamans, mad scientists, the whole the whole works. Yep. I love the weird west vibe. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a untapped resource um, in pop culture. I'd like to see more, uh, more stuff like this in in like. Netflix shows and movies mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but it's just, it's so niche. I get why they don't do it, but man, Deadlands well, does it, it right. Their lore is fantastic. It, see, it seems to me like, you know, Hollywood has has tried it a few times. You've right. got, you know, the recent uh, Lone Ranger, which yeah. I, I loved it. It was not, to, to turn a phrase, it was not my Lone Ranger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Clayton Moore was my Lone Ranger. I, I to to make him kind of a bumbling goob. I you know I wasn't a big fan of that. Well, they and, Green Hornet him. You know they did the same thing they yeah, did with and Green then, Hornet. You know? And then you've got you know Captain Jack Tonto. <laughs> which I mean, <laughs> that's, that's he, pretty self-explanatory. He was, lot, he was a lot of fun, <laughs> but you know. But uh, the the action in it was great. I I loved I loved that over the top. And then having that little bit of a spiritual, uh, supernatural aspect to it. And then you've got Jonah Hex with uh, Josh Brolin, you know Thanos himself. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed that. And then the 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 much maligned Wild Wild West movie. That is not much maligned in my opinion. That is a no. great. Oh, wow. That is a Are great you an apologist I'm for a, Wild Wild West. I am. And that... you know what? I think if you were to go online right now you would see that i am in maybe a majority um <laughs> the the crazy fringe that's not that's not my community man. see <sighs> i i was a i was a wild wild west fan growing up the robert conrad series loved yeah. it mm. and then you know the movie's coming out it's like oh man this is gonna be awesome i go to the movie and it's like <laughs> It was fun. It was interesting. It was not Wild Wild West, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was just not what I was expecting. Wasn't there a show? Uh, and we're we're deviating so. Yeah, this hard just turned in this. into <laughs> a debate over Wild Wild West. Yeah. this just happened. Wasn't there also? Uh, well, while, uh, Westworld is certainly in this genre. I know it's sci-fi infused, yeah. but yeah. it's yeah. it's got the right vibe vibe at yeah. its core. Um, but there was another show that had a fantasy tint. No, yeah, Deadwood. Nope. But also there was another one that was like, um, oh goodness, it, it was tied to the railroad. Um, oh, uh, Steel, uh, Hell on Wheels. Hell on Wheels, yes. Hell on Wheels also has some of this Fantastic show. Yeah, I watched several seasons of that. That was a good one. Um, Uh, There's a new one that just came out last year on one of the cable channels, like HBO, Stars, something like that, Mm -hmm. um, called The Warrior. Oh, yeah. Have you heard about this? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And supposedly it was was actually uh, Bruce Lee's initial treatment of what then became the TV show Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But they, you know, modernized it and put F bombs in it and <laughs> and sex and stuff like that. So Well, <laughs> wow. Didn't know we would get so much out of uh out of Deadlands. Out of See, Deadlands, yeah. Right there. That that's proof positive. Go pick it up. 
place Strong of Deadlands, feelings. you get all kinds of stuff. Strong Beautiful. Strong uh, awesome. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, let's stay with Troy. Let's stay with Troy. You got a oh. uh, an Android iPhone game? Is, what, yeah, what, I was... I was just, you know, cruising around, and this thing keeps popping up on on my phone, like different ads. And it is a and d style medieval fantasy RPG that is text-based. Okay. And so I'm like, well, you know, what can it hurt? I, I am, you know, going through this whole pandemic thing. Need some stuff to do every once in a while. So I, I checked it out, and I played through the first chapter last night. And it was actually kind of cool. It was a cool little story. Um, you earn gold and mana and, and things like that, luck. And as you earn points, you can then unlock the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, you can die, but for somehow, I didn't die in the first chapter. <laughs> I got the highest score possible which on my first go, so that was total... I see why well, you're piping this game now. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there's no dice to screw me over. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the first one I played was uh, Wizard's Choice, and they've got uh, so far six chapters in the uh-huh. Wizard's Choice, it looks like. Um, they've got a Rogue's Choice series, and there are like I think eight, 17 chapters in that. They've got a Demon's Choice. With, uh, is this a choose-your-own-adventure game? Basically, yeah. That's, oh, that's what that. it is. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, they, they've got Ranger Choice. They've got a Paladin series that's going to start. They've got a Legend series that they're going to start. It's just... And they've got even, like, zombie stuff, too. But it was it's a neat story. It's very... It's actually pretty well-written. Uh, it's got some humor to it. Um, you're playing a, a young wizard, and you're running around with your, your fighter partner, Reginald. And uh, you're just trying to make a name for yourself. And as with most adventurers, they just stepped in a whole big pile of steamy <laughs> dragon poo. Awesome. So, yeah, it's uh, it, was, it was fun. So What's I, it called I think again? I'll be, well, on the phone, it just says D&D style choice game. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, if you look it up online, it's D&D style medieval fantasy RPG Getting names. all the words in there, I see. Yeah, yeah. getting them all I, in there. Yeah. So I found there's no under, actual name name. I found it under just Wizard's Choice. Um, there you okay. Go. Is yeah. it by, um, where's the company? Is it by Delight Games? Uh, You know what? Couldn't tell you. Okay. <laughs> Easy enough. Because, I mean, it, it, it doesn't, oh, they've even got Oregon Trail. <laughs> you died of dysentery <laughs> again. <laughs> That's the uh, only ending. That is that is the only ending that matters. <laughs> yes, it is delight. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's right there. I didn't see it first. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Well, we haven't had an app yet, so there you go. Uh, let's stay. Breaking new ground. Let's stay <laughs> on the uh, phone train, and let's talk a little bit. I know it's not tied to a phone this time, but let's talk about Bardic Tales, Catherine. What do you got there? Yeah. So I've hyped him before, um, but that's fine. Um, because he uh, he just finished a an adventure. It's his first like full full package adventure. It's called Toil and Trouble, and uh, I ran it for a few of my friends slash server players last night, and um, we just had we had so much fun with it. It's a uh, it's very lighthearted, mm. um, very colorful, like. 
vibrant, I guess, mm-hmm. is, is a good way to describe it. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's not a super serious adventure. Sure. Um, the, but like, there's, there's only, there's one NPC. It's, it's a tower climb, basically, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's just really fun. There's like, I, 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 I want to say things, but it <laughs> might spoil it. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a good laugh. Like, it's, cool. a, it's a fun time. Yeah. Where so can one, one find Toil and Trouble? Yeah. Um, you can't, the, so the easiest way you can do it is, um, you could, you, you could get it by, backing him on patreon for one month but you you don't have to like stay like you could Mm -hmm. back him for that month and get the adventure and then um and then like you're not locked into anything Mm -hmm. um so it's not like a bait and switch like that um that is the way i got it um i believe i'm not sure if he's planning on publishing it independently Mm -hmm. um or like in a bundle with some other stuff eventually. I'm I'm not entirely sure. I'll keep you updated on that. But like it's a super easy like hop into Patreon, do the one month mm-hmm. donation, and then have access to it. Cool. Well, we'll post a link down in the show notes, and that will make it easy for everyone. Uh, Sweet. So that sounds awesome. Um, that lighthearted thing is something that we don't always get as much of as we should. So it's cool that that's that's come to the forefront and it's cool that you yeah. played it and that it was awesome. So yeah. good for him. Mm. Um, all right, let's talk about two more things here and they're kind of tied slightly into our, um, our conversation, our larger conversation for the week. Um, let's start with our talk about season 10 AL. We should be getting our preview here in the next couple weeks mm-hmm. of what season 10 is going to contain. Uh, some of us are going to be running that. Um, so I thought it would be fun. We don't know anything, just full disclosure, we don't know anything <laughs> as DMs at this moment in time about what season 10 is going to, ch- what change is going to come with it, right? Um, right? So this is all just us shouting to the void and hoping that, that maybe <laughs> some of it returns to us. Um, but I thought, you know what? Uh, there's been some dismay and some frustration and some disgruntledness about seasons of AL in the past. We're getting a new season. Is there anything that we would want to change? What would we like to see different? Um, could be a nice little short conversation. I don't think that any of us are going to sit here and and have a bullet list of 10 things. Um, John's smiling like maybe he will, but... Um, <laughs> no. um, but yeah, let's, let's just go around and, and have a conversation about uh, season 10 hopes and dreams yeah so i think i'll I'll start off with this yeah go for it uh, okay so mine is going to be a really probably the most boring response out of everybody um i know that there were a lot of woes with season eight which i could understand a lot of lamentations and gnashing of teeth that happened Uh, i think that where they ended up landing with season nine was was a really good middle ground what they were trying to do and what uh what the what the people kind of or what the players kind of came back with in, in regards to the feedback what at least seemed you know how the vocal minority is vocal majority sometimes they can drown out the the, the moderate voices that are like eh, it's fine don't worry about it um 
for me though, uh, I really I, I've enjoyed season nine. I, I've enjoyed milestones and not having to worry about keeping up with different kinds of treasure points and uh, trying to keep up with even experience points. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a big, I'm, I'm old school, right? So I love experience points, but in a in a setting like when you've got you're doing public play. You're going from table to table. I do completely understand the benefit of being able to level your character whenever you feel like it. Mm-hmm. As long as you, as long as there's a, a a completion point to justify the next level, that's all you really kind of need. And so if I want to be if I want to be a third level player forever, I can just be a third level player forever with my character, and then my that way I don't have to tear out of uh, or level out from where my butter zone is because I'm a I'm a gritty. DM. Uh, my favorite games to run are the ones between levels one and six, and then my favorite ones to play as a as a player are between one and four. So I like gritty, real world, real danger. Death is a possibility. TPK is a possibility. I like that challenge. So if I want to stay in that as a player, I like the fact that I can I can do that, and it's not going to be that big a deal. Um, I think some of the complaints that we heard about. Um, Magic items and how many magic items you could get per tier. Maybe there's some tweaking that you could do there. I'm not really sure exactly. I didn't play a lot as a player though, so mm-hmm. it's hard for me to it's hard for me to complain when it comes to that. But as a DM, what little what I have run as a uh, as a season nine DM, um, I've gotten really positive feedback from the players, and it's and it's been manageable mm-hmm. for me as a as a DM. And it's been easy for me to keep up with the rules too. Right, yeah. I think that's from as a DM, mm-hmm. I don't have this laundry list of things that I've got to keep in the back of my mind that I have to some kind of oversight that I have to put over the players to make sure that they're playing it right and playing it by the book. So uh, yeah. that's I think that's my, kind of my initial feedback. It may be a boring one, like yeah, I like it. <laughs> I didn't think it was all that bad. Is if you want to distill it down too long, didn't read right. That's mm-hmm. essentially what it is. But that's kind of that was my my take on it at least. Right. I'll piggyback on that real quick and say that biggest request for season 10 is don't change everything again yes. please don't right like that's yeah. that's the that's the hope and dream is that we don't have fourth times a charm with with a complete rewrite um, um the other but the things that i really liked from season nine that i wish that they, i hope that they bring over is the um character creation unlocks where i think a really cool idea the idea that to help with the flavor of this season we're going to allow you to build build a character that's more customized so we got you could have if you're an asmr or a tiefling you could have wings for free that didn't count that wasn't a player's handbook plus one thing you just Mm. you could make one um um, and then there were some other like you could have an item but that item had like a weird design to it it there were just some really cool flavor things that they injected into the character creation that made the characters feel like they belonged in this season. And I was like, hey, that's a really cool thing. Let's keep that going. And then the last thing, and I really don't have a great answer for how they should do it, but we got to make gold somewhat important again. Um, I know that that's difficult. I know that we're asking a lot. But if I have one, if I had one complaint throughout the entirety of season nine it was what is the point of gold anymore mm-hmm. so we so i i was reading an article today from i don't know what website but they were talking about like maybe we should just go to a goldless system and just it, drop gold altogether have you unlock magic items and move on because right now unless you're a wizard what are you spending that gold on 
in an Adventures League game. It's like, well, I guess healing potions? Like, um, there's not a whole lot. So that would be my that'd be my thing is let's give us let's give the 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 AL community an answer for what why they should be excited about gold again. Well, I think you're that's a good point, right? So one of the things that I did, until you mentioned that, that's the one thing that I did not take into consideration is I don't recall at any point any of the convention play or any of the organized play that I ever saw a single Phi Chen's fair pop up. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, so, they kind of so those. none of the little little nuggets that you could buy and the little knickknacks and fun stuff that you could get or ways that you could unlock, shall we say, in you borrowing uh, season eight speak, yeah. unlock a, a magical item without having to go through the, the the module in order to get access to it. That kind of stuff you would have been able to get with gold, right? That yeah. you didn't have this time around. And I know that Five Chance Fair, at least as an organizer. Uh, Five Chance Fair is was at least at one point um, was a draw, a real draw. Oh, it was. To the, and so if you could get Five Chance Fair, and if you set up a really good one, you're going to get more players to show up and play. Right? Yeah. And so you, I just didn't see that at all this this season. No. As a result of it, yeah. it's also a huge pain in the butt. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. From from, a, from an organizer standpoint. Yeah. Newbie yeah. question: yeah. What is Five Chance Fair? Ah, see. Oh, Five yeah. Five Chin is. He he roams the realms, uh, peddling magical wares and Ooh. things. And so back in the day, when you had to have your all your magic items had certs, certi- certifications that you had to have. And if you didn't want that, you could if you went someplace that was hosting a Fai Chen's fair, you could walk in and say, "Hey, I have this item, and it matches this item's rarity that that Fai Chen has. Can I trade it?" Ooh. And so you That's had really that, cool. and it it was cool. Um, there were some abuses to it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so other people were saying that it wasn't fair. Uh, it it kind of boils down to well, you know, this convention doesn't have enough people to actually run Fi Chen's, so mm-hmm. they can't actually have it, or they don't mm-hmm. qualify to have it. So it was it's kind of a it was cool in theory, but it kind of fell apart. I, I would kind of like to see if, if they're going to do something like that, maybe put it in the modules themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get, that cool. way, yeah. hey, if you want to play this module and you've got however much gold sitting around in your character sheet and you want to buy this thing, you can buy this thing. Yeah, this yeah. this this sale, mm-hmm. this this merchant has these three magic items. If you stumble on to this merchant and you have X amount of gold, you can buy one of these three magic items. Or, see, for or me, this house, or yeah, right. this pet. But for, or, for me, I like the idea of kind of like a, a bolt-on to a, to organized play. Though yeah. I, I knew that it was a pain. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I and I, I get that, and I can I can see where you're coming from with it. But that bolt-on to it, it elevated the overall experience. It not did. necessarily oh, yeah. like something it did. that was yeah, like. Yeah. Now there was something that was just like a side thread or a gray box text off to the side in a module or anything like that. It was an actual place that you could go, and you could uh, you could even earn more gold by going to Five Chance. Like I think it was Five Chance, or you could do run you could do some downtime days in some uh, uh, in some of the some of the, the other conventions that I've gone to where they you did your downtime in one section, and maybe that was a, kind of their thing. But Five Chance Fair, being able to go to it, and it's kind of like there's that role play aspect while mm-hmm. you're there. It's tough because you get overwhelmed when, whenever you open up, 
and you ha- a slew of people are coming over and hitting you up because you've only got that one little window. It's once per day that you can do all your trades. Everybody tries to do it at once. <laughs> and so I can, to- I can see the headaches that come from it mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah. as a player, it's just it's that really neat extra thing that you can do away from the table. It's kind of like a like a almost like a carnival. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like that yeah. carnival. That's that uh, that uh, thoroughfare or the uh, the fairway experience that you get get from Five Chance Fair. It's really really neat, and I I, I, I just miss it. Cool, that's awesome. I, I I miss it too, but yeah, yeah, I definitely I agree. Does um, anybody have something that that hasn't been brought up yet? Uh, yeah, go for it, because I kind of forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Crafting and kits. Um. I love the idea of being able to make stuff for yourself, Uh, you know, and there's just no reason to. Um, There's always higher priorities, it seems like. Um, So people don't spend time like, you know, even if you have, even if you have thought through a particular craft, for example, that your character is like... I am just starting to play a cleric of Onatar. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to pick my, my craft. Like, what's my, my specific thing? But mm. if I was playing in an AL setting, at least from what I've experienced so far, it would literally never come up. Uh, <laughs> or almost never come up. Um, even if it was as simple as like if you spend like if you spend this amount of time like detailing like I I want it to be something different than downtime days. Maybe this is just me like pushing hard for more roleplay, but like it'd be awesome to have some sort of reward for having that that, you know, other facet of your character. Like this character is an adventurer, but they also do this thing, and this is their, like, trade. And this is how they can incorporate that. If you like your background, or you like your craft, or whatever, um, profession is what we would call it, you know, in earlier editions. But if you like those things, you your options in AL are to maybe try to figure out a way how they give you some knowledge that you can apply towards this engagement. Or you spend it in downtime off-screen, basically, right? If mm-hmm. yeah. So... Finding ways to implement backgrounds and things, and that that comes into a lot about um, adventure writing, right? Um, mm. Making it yeah. a necessary thing because, like, when's the last time you ran an adventure module that's like, here we're going to do this skill challenge, or this whole section is going to be about your player's skills and their craft, and you know, if you have a a, a, a mason, uh, a guy that has masonry as a pr- profession, then then you go down this path. And if you have a carpenter, they go, you know, that never happens. So. Right. Right. Well, and I think maybe that comes from just the nature of organized play as, as it is today. Right. Is that, cause it's, it's almost like, um, at least the way that it looks from the outside looking in from a DM's perspective, it's almost like it's easy to make a, create a throwaway character. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just running Mm -hmm. this one through just so I can play the game and it's disposable. I don't have to put a bunch of time and effort into the backstory. Now, look, some people put so much time and so much effort into it and good for them. And for the ones that don't, that's fine, too. I'm just yeah, kind of like yeah. talking more about the nature of it, right? Yeah. Is that 
I remember whenever I used to play, I don't know if, if any of you guys are familiar with, Troy might be, Muds and uh, Mushes uh, yes. back, back in the day, right? So a Mud and a Mush is like a text-based role-playing game that you play okay. online. Uh-huh. And um, and a lot of them, they got really, really caught. Comp- Some of them are still around, like Dragon Realms and a, cover, a couple of others are still around these days, that the customization of your character was like a, com- like a complete, like a part of the game. It's not just going out and killing stuff and leveling up and gaining levels and stuff like and gaining experience and stuff. It's it is when you create a craft a, a weapon or a, even like a little trinket, you can craft a doll of yourself. And when whenever you run a command against it in the text line, it will you can it's like pulling a little string and it says "Hello, Daddy" or something like that, right? So there's all this Ooh. customization that goes to it into it that. I think there's a certain kind of player that really, really didn't need, wants that, desires that as a part of their character. But when you're try, trying to, when you're trying to cater to the general audience, I'm not, I'm not sure how. That, I think that may end up being niche. Like I love that. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Again, I love the minutia, but I, a lot of people don't. And I think that may be why they kind of they're not really worried too much about specific like craftings, like unless it's got some kind of a story element tied to it or mechanical requirement, right. like Zach said. In the game or in the the uh, module, it's it's an easy thing to forget about. Right. That's so. yeah. Hmm. That's fair. Uh, I guess the one thing that I'd like to see in season ten, don't know if it's possible, but I've been kind of clamoring for it for the past several seasons. <laughs> um, DM rewards for DMing. Hmm. Um, I mean, you know, because I don't. I don't get to play Adventures League. I run Adventures mm-hmm. League. Uh, I have probably accumulated so many points I could have a couple different, you know, twentieth level characters <laughs> plus at this point. Which that's fine, but what's the point? I don't get to play them. So I don't I don't run Adventures League to accrue a po- points for, for characters and stuff like that. Never have, never will. Um, but when, uh, Tomb of Annihilation season came out and we were running at Gen Con, uh, all of us that were doing, I don't even, I, I might've been, I think it, might, it was all of us. Anybody that's running, uh, Tomb of Annihilation stuff, we were given a special cert and it was the gift of a Serac. And it had a spot yep. on, on this cert. It was a full page. And it had mm-hmm. spots on the cert for uh, seven inspiration tokens or mm-hmm. candies or whatever. And the DM got to use them. Mm-hmm. So, But there was, there was a, a, a twist. It's like, okay, now the DM has seven points of inspiration that he, he or she can use throughout the game. But once once it's used, they have to give it to a random player at the table. Nice. And that's something that's cool that helps me as a DM or makes what I can do as a DM technically a little bit different than someone that doesn't go to conventions and play uh-huh. or run games. Right. I don't know that how, the, how the you could possibly do that and make it work. I don't know how you could possibly do it. And then someone that never goes to a convention to run a game that puts in all the hours and stuff goes, well, I'm going to steal that idea and do it at my table anyway. 
that's fine. But you don't have the cool piece of paper. You know, mm-hmm. and to me, it's as simple as that. Give give me something that's neat and cheap, inexpensive, whatever, that makes what I can do at my table for my players a little bit different mm-hmm. than someone who doesn't try to play at conventions. Yeah, I like that. If I recall, there was a DM reward where you could give your players like a healing potion or something like that. If you, if you uh-huh. obtained that award, I love that, you know, and I, cool. I like what you're, I like what you're getting at too, Troy. I like the idea that it's a, by playing more, you're given more options to make your game unique. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you're a, a DM that is putting hours and hours and hours, dozens of hours into organized play, there's a reward for like, for, kind of promoting this DM as having put that time and effort into it and they get this extra thing or things that make their game just that much more, that more special. Right. And, it, and it, yeah, what it does. Exactly. And it, it gives, and it's, it uh, incentivizes DMs to run more and to play more to kind of, to chase that carrot. So to speak, I, I love that. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's hard because there's not a whole lot of things to apply. Like you said, Troy, but right, I think, there, I think, yeah. There are smarter people than us, or people that 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 get paid to work on Adventures League, that surely could come up with one or two things per season that mm-hmm. you would find desirable. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I would hope so. I would hope so. That's cool. Um, I I think we had some good discussion there. We'll we'll circle back around when season ten gets fully announced, and we'll see if any of us got our wishes, mm-hmm. or if something mm-hmm. shocking came about, but for now, uh, good discussion. Uh, let's hit this last one, and it'll kind of, it doesn't really spill in, I guess, but it's something that we really wanted to talk about, uh, to some extent, so um, this came up on my feed. It's a few weeks old at this point, but um, I thought it was worth talking about um, Dungeons and Dragons had um, announced that they've had the best year of sales ever mm-hmm. in 46 years, um, and they uh, released an infograph detailing that. Um, and one of the things that I really wanted to draw our attention to was the D&D player community age bracket graph. Oh, yes. I remember hearing <laughs> about this, this, the infamous age bracket. So, so <laughs> by the numbers, 40% of players are 24 years old or younger. 55, uh, 55% of the players are under the age of 30. And like 88% of players are under the age of 45. Hmm. And to me... leave me out there, Zach. Thanks, what, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> well, so, so I think there's a couple things that jumped into my head right off the gate. First off, I think the fact that 40% of your of your a of your community is generation Z basically means that your game is going to be good for a good long while. Right. Like oh, yeah. mm-hmm. it's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not aging out on the flip side of it. Um, and I, what, what it does show me is that, or, or I guess what it indicates to me is we're having this huge growth, but it's happening on the young spectrum younger end of the spectrum right it's not necessarily across the board fifth edition fifth edition is booming a lot of the boom is happening at younger ages which i think is is probably makes sense but is also um interesting and it can't help but change the game right 
That's mm-hmm. the thing that I look at and say, this Generation Z demographic is an online demographic, by and large. Mm-hmm. Their, their communities are online, and they've always been online. Anything, anything older than that, they remember a time when their community was in person. At, at bare minimum, right? But but now, but that that twenty four year old and younger, um, they don't remember that. They don't remember a time before the internet. They don't remember a time before access to the internet. By and large, mm-hmm. um, so th- anyhow, I just found it to be very, very interesting. We were talking before the stream or before the recording earlier, John, about um, the l- longevity of fifth edition. And we're six years in um, and going strong. Uh, this is an indicator of, of that continuing to remain that way. But it's also an indicator of the game will probably continue to change and evolve. Um, and will probably look completely different in six years than what it does right now. Even if we're still in the same edition, I think it'll feel different in, in certain ways. Yeah, we were talking about the the age of the different editions that are out there, and so to give to give everybody out there a, an, an indicator, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons First Edition, not talking about O D and D, was eleven years old before Second Edition came out, and whenever A D and D Second Edition came out, it was out for eleven years before Third Edition replaced it. Uh, third Edition had two different iterations, uh, one that was three years old and then 3.5 came out and it lasted four years before being uh, replaced with fourth edition which was the youngest of all of the dish of the um, sh- the shortest lived of the editions which is four years and even if you tack on the D fourth edition essentials that was only a year so fifth edition is in the six year point so obviously they're doing something right uh, because they're the longevity of this edition has outlasted fourth Right, and so to your point, Zach, you gotta—it's telling, right? We were talking, we've talked in, in podcasts past about um, you know the inclusion of things like acquisitions, incorporated, and um, uh, critical roles mythology into the the D and D mythos, and how those have been uh, how Wizards of the Coast has aligned themselves with those uh, those different partners to create content. Um. It makes sense, right? If the young, if the younger, if the younger audience uh, was brought in under the those auspices of online play and social media play, that it made well, then it Wizards is doing the right thing financially, yeah. right? They're doing for the from a financial or fiscal perspective, they're, they're doing the right thing by making sure that they cater to the, the audience that is that is the, the dominant in, in the and so uh, those of us that may have old favorites and campaign settings past that we want to see uh, bubble back up to the top. It makes sense why those are taking a back seat. Um, shut up, Troy. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Troy's laughing at me. <laughs> He's talking about Dragonlance, everybody. No, I wasn't. He's trying to insinuate Dragonlance. Uh-huh. I didn't say it. Uh-huh. Nope. I didn't say it at all. Dark Sun. That's what I was saying. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I, mean, I can I can see why they took that angle, right? Yeah. It, it makes sense from a from a business perspective, it's the right thing to do. We don't have to like it. I'm, look, I'm just I'm just happy that Fifth Edition is is doing really well. I'm not a you know I, I want people to play, and, yeah. And I'll 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 play in whatever sandbox they create until um, until uh, 
my hand can't roll dice anymore. (laughs) (laughs) For the record, I would also not mind seeing what Dragonlance is all about. Um, as, as background, as someone who came in through Critical Role. Yeah. Um, I would not mind Dragonlance, you know, popping back up just so that I could see what some of, some of y'all are talking about. Bless you, Catherine. (laughs) It is pretty cool. It is a pretty cool setting. But don't tell John I said that. <laughs> don't, don't, yeah. <laughs> That's a really good segue. I didn't bring it up. I, well, go, that goes on the record. Yeah. I, I didn't bring it up. Bring it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, that's a really good segue into our topic for the day. Um, so let's go ahead and do that. This is the meat and potatoes. Uh, and it's just really a question this time. And in perfect lead-in, uh, the question of the day is, if you could get a follow-up product to an already released setting, or campaign book, what would it be? So one thing that we're excluding from this is like you can't say Monster Manual Two, or Player's Handbook Two, or Volo's Guide to Monster Two. It needs to be a setting book or a campaign book that's already been released. What would you What would you snag um, as we're looking into the future? Can I ask for a point of clarification? Sure. When you say that has already been released, are you talking about at any point in the? In I the- think. I, I'm curious to see. Are you taking fifth edition, or are you saying, saying anything? Fifth, and everything? Imagine, like, so, so we had early on, we had right, um, Horde of the Dragon Queen, and yep. and um, got Rise of Tiamat, right? And then, yep. more recently, we had Dragon Heist and Dungeon mm-hmm. of the Mad Mage. Mm-hmm. So something like that, or gotcha. we have something like Ravnica's setting. Would you want to follow a Ravnica book? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so fifth edition. Got- fifth edition. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I've got I one. Loved- Actually, go ahead, Catherine. Why don't you go ahead? Okay. So, <laughs> um, I would like to. I've run a lot of mods in the Moonshay hmm. files, um, yeah, and I would it. enjoy. Yeah. Um, I would enjoy. There's, there's a, there's one like paperback. Um, that is out, mm-hmm. but I would love a, an extensive, like, lore and maps of significant places and et cetera, et cetera, like a, a moonshade setting solid book, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, in more in depth than this one probably was, was able to be at that point in time. Um, all that business. That's a cool. That's a cool uh, option. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I'm, I realize, and I'm, I'm with you when you say Moonshade too. That even though it is inside of Forgotten Realms, it is almost like its own little thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I, I'm completely with you. I love the Moonshade, uh, the history. I love the setting. I love the vibe. That Celtic, you know, British Isles vibe that it's got going for it. I, I, I adore it. So I'm with you. Like, go deep. Go back into the lore, the history. Even if you've got to like transplanar, you know, if you've got to pull it out of Forgotten Realms and plug it into its own <laughs> demi plane, whatever, right? But mm-hmm, I, but mm-hmm. more more Moonshade would be would be great for me. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Thumbs up. Mm-hmm. I'll give one. Um, I'll shout out one real quick. Yeah, um, give it to us. I I don't even know that I care which way it goes, whether it's Ravnica or Theros. Or um, um, Eberron here. Um, 
but I would like for them to revisit a setting book that they've given us without adventures. So that's why Wild Mount is out, because it had adventures tied to the, the book. But these mm. other three, as far as we know, have not. Whether Theros might, you know. Um, but I'd love to see a an adventure set for those settings. So we'll st- I'll, I'll say Eberron just because I, I need to put my name down to something. Um, I'd love to see an adventure hardcover set for that setting. And here's what I would mm. love. I want a Dragon Heist length one. So on the small end of their published adventures. And I want it pre-gens. I want it to be, here's a list of pre-gens that have stories that intersect with the story and the plot of this module. When you buy the book, you buy the stack. It comes with a stack of pre-gens. You hand those out. And you're, how which characters you play influences the story and their their personality and history um, have it already baked in. So that would be my like I would I would buy two. I'd buy two. I'll commit to that. I will buy two of those if they. <laughs> I'll buy one and I'll get, I'll buy one for a friend. Yes, exactly. <laughs> two. Um, no, that to me I, the setting books that they've already put out need adventure love. Agreed. And I can totally that's agree fair. with that. Um, and yeah. and I love I, like the idea of the D and D open where you play pre gens for eight hours and, and they're tied into the story was something that I don't think you get anywhere else as a unique play. And so if I could get one book that was like that for us to try out, um, I would I would feel like that was time well spent. So, all right, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, can, I can dig that. Can when you said pre gens, I was like, mm, but the ability to tie them into the story like that makes it makes it a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one book. I'm not asking for every one from here on out, right? That's the other big thing. Like we definitely need the adventures to be uh, more flexible than that at large, but we could have one or two that are like, no, here's the one for when you don't necessarily care what, who you're playing. You just want to tell the maximally intricate story. Here we go. That's yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, for I think sure. that from for me, I would go. We got the teaser. We know we know that there's more to Ravenloft, mm-hmm. but we got the teaser. Uh, the kind of like the the opening salvo into the dark demi plane of of Ravenloft and the other associated pl- uh, demi planes uh, tied to it. Uh, mm-hmm. I would love to see to to dip our toes back into into Ravenloft again. I'm a I'm a gothic horror mm. fan, so um, and honestly, uh, the Curse of Strahd is easily my favorite of all of the campaign books that they've put out. It is just so well done, and that's not even nostalgia talking because I never played through the original. I, I barely knew anything about it. I've, I remember the the cover of the original module, but that's about all I knew about it until the Curse of Strahd came out, and then I read through it, and I just I love it so. Um, expanding on that that plane and, de- and going into the other areas of it um i i, I know more about ravenloft post facto for that coming out look mm-hmm. kind of looking at some of the old stuff that they did and if it's just rebranding repackaging a la you know what is it um Tales from the Awning Portal or Salt Marsh. If they need to kind of do something oh, like that with it, that'd be cool. I'm I'm, I'm totally cool with that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like you've got like module, module, yeah. module, module, cram it into one campaign book, but it's all Ravenloft. Not Ravenloft necessarily, but it's all the Dark Powers and the well, other. Well, you've got planes. the title. 
the Demi Plains of Dread right there. Boom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Demi Plains of Dread. And I, I yeah. want to see it's a I want to go on a a tour of the Demi Plains of Dread from from one and, Demi Plane to the next. And I have, you know, I I'm going to do this just because I like to I like to poke at John. <laughs> I I think he's saying this because he wants to play in Lord Soth's Demi Plane. Shut up, Troy. He's got to get that Dragonlance <laughs> in there somehow. <laughs> Listen, man. <clears throat> I don't appreciate you um, Being right opening up all of the truths behind <laughs> my well-laid and well-formulated uh, deceptions in, in what I'm trying to do. Um, so round two, Wizards of the Coast, Lord Soth, and the Demi Plains. That'd be great. Thank you very much. Uh, it's troy's fault man look i really am trying here it's troy is baiting me hey he's he's troiling stop troiling i'm I'm troiling i'm troiling uh i'm just trying to elevate your deception game man that's all (laughs) i need a more subtle got it yeah more subtle got it um i think most people that know me would think that i would i would uh get on my soapbox and scream for more eberron yeah but I'm not going to. I want a follow-up to the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. Skag. Yeah. Mm, but yeah. I want it east of the Anorak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Give me more. If That continent is huge. For those that have seen the old second edition maps. Yep. Yep. And, and how, how much they just had everything everywhere. Uh, we have we have beat to death the Sword Coast with published products. I want to see the 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 fifth edition design teams take on things east of the Anorak, maybe even you know farther south than Chult. Mm-hmm. Yep, here, here. Give me give me Halrua and the Shining South, and give me Cormir. Give me the Dale Lands. Give me the home of Elminster. You know, mm. give me, give me Caratour. Talk to Daniel Kwan. Give me Dan. Give me Caratour. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a an insulting parody of Asian culture, but you know, give me this stuff. Mm-hmm. Give me, uh, Mastika, uh, Al Kadim. Give me something, something new. Uh, give me, um, give me Vasa. Vasa was one like when I remember in in mm. college when we were whenever the third edition Forgotten Realms campaigns guide came out Vasa was like this no one ever played in it and no one ever utilized it but there was so much going on there and it was a huge sandbox that you could play out of that didn't have a ton of pre-existing lore tied to it and you've mm. got all of like the the uh, all the baggage that comes with having all of that lore and history tied to it instead it was something that you could build on your own without having to worry about saying, well, somebody nitpicking about like a timeline or uh, a place or a thing or a person that was, that was tied to it. I loved Vasa. And and again, it's a deep cut forgotten realms thing, but not many people use it or have even heard of it though. Yeah. Well, even, even go more obscure, go, go Mulharand. And right there, that's a connection to our world because, you know, back in their history, they came to, they came to earth and pulled uh, e- Egyptian, you know, humans from Earth to the Forgotten Realms as slaves, what? and that's why that's why that culture yeah. has such a heavy tie uh, or a heavy Egyptian 
influence to it is because they came from here. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, so, stargated so, us. Yeah, they stargated <laughs> us before Stargate was even a thing. That was that was from Ed Greenwood's brain back when you know in the day. So what there's so much cool stuff out there. Give us more. We've got we've got enough stuff for the for the Sword Coast. We're we're good on that. Give me something new. I mean, I get why they keep going back. They keep going back to that well, man. Baldur's Gate, Waterdeep, you know, like the the Frozen North. Like these are all like brand names. There's D and D, and then there's Baldur's Gate, and then there's like so they're, well, they're and going they're doing, back to it because it's an easy sell. I'm sure they're doing the the far flung stuff with with the MTG settings, right? Like, like mm-hmm. if we didn't have MTG, we would have gotten some of those other settings already, right? Almost certainly. If they weren't messing with Ravnica and Theros, they would have messed with Kalimjan or um, uh, uh, Cormier or some other place on the Forgotten Realms. But because they have something that has name recognition already from a from a larger audience, let's let's go ahead and do those instead, and let's get our Egyptian flavor from here, and let's get our right. let's get our Greek feel from here, and 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 so far it's worked. It just means that um, this edition does have a a lifespan, and obviously, if you're releasing three books a year. At this rate, it's impossible that we will get all of the settings unless they change their release pattern. It's impossible that we'll get all of the settings before 5th edition is done. Um, we'll get the highlights. We'll get the, the tour of the renowned ones, right? We'll, we'll eventually get a, a Planescape. We'll eventually get a, a Dark Sun. We'll eventually get a probably a Cormier. But like Troy said, the more obscure ones are going yeah. to fall by the wayside. But I, I don't know if I agree with that, though, Zach. I don't know if, if the the Ravnica and the Theros are, are is what pulling is pulling away from the existing, because those are actually done by the normal crew. You know, the, those are those were done by other no, but they're People a release the, book. They didn't add true. They, they like they didn't say, well, we have our normal releases and then Theros. It's it Theros is the um is the summer release for for fifth edition, right? Mm. Um but, but then but then we also have the season ten announcement coming up. Right. That but that'll be the that'll be a September release at the end that'll be the fall product, one hundred percent. Um whatever that's tied to. Um and it we didn't we didn't we aren't getting two products in the summer because Theros is coming out. We're getting one and that's Theros. And same with like Wildmount this earlier this year, right? We got Wildmount. We didn't get um, you know, Baldur's Gate the second part or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. um, you know, Avernus and then another one, we got one. Um and if they're gonna keep it two, three products a year, three three to four, um, there's just simply not enough time left. I mean, you, so you've got, if we do another solid six years, which would put us the longest lasting edition, longest lasting edition, that means that we have about 20 hardcovers left. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to, I'd like to play, I'd like to play devil's advocate for a second. Sure. Here. Fire away. Oh, um, <laughs> and say Pass the that, <laughs> 
and say that it is... I don't know if we necessarily need to map out every single every single place. Like, no, no, no. I think it's. I think okay. Well, maybe I'm not playing devil's advocate, but (laughs) (laughs) I I like them too. But we don't need. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Like, I think it would. Yeah. I mean, just to finish what I was gonna say. Anyway, I think it'd be constricting if we actually did have everything that everybody was like, I would like something to be here because then there wouldn't be any space for what you were talking about earlier with the sandboxing um, and less constraints about timelines and stuff. So like maybe it is okay that we're going to, you know, quote unquote age out of, um, of fifth edition before we get all of the hardbacks in that we necessarily want or even that I want. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, what it will do is streamline the D&D brand, streamline the Forgotten Realms. Sixth edition is not going to be beholden to doing everything that like, like it's, they're not going to, we're not going to hold sixth edition's feet to the fire to, to toe the line of third edition or AD&D if, if fifth edition wasn't held to that. Right. So it's going to offer the next edition some freedom to say, we're going to do what we want. Right. (laughs) Um, uh, you know, so eh, it's it's not a bad thing either way, I don't think. Um, guys, we are at an hour right now. So <laughs> I feel like as much as we could probably talk a lot more about settings and the Forgotten Realms and books that we'd like to see and all that, I think we need to call it call it for this for this oh, week. Yeah. Anybody have yep. any closing okay. thoughts that they need to get off their chest? Ooh, I um. want to shout out real fast. That as we were looking at the stats, I saw that almost 40% of D&D players are girls right now, which I've heard that stat thrown around, but to see it on an official document is pretty cool for me. So that's that's cool. I thought it was that's more. Awesome. Oh, it is? Okay, yeah, yeah. 39%. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, I I love that. I want more people. I want more people of all kinds of people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's even a there's a less than one percent for the other and non-binary, but there is a marker in there, which is also super yeah. awesome. And I would also yeah. like to throw out, you know, in case there's any uh, old crusty grognars out there, they're upset because <laughs> the, their their sixty one percent is dwindling. That doesn't mean there's there's less old white dudes playing D anD. d They're still there. <laughs> Yep. It just means that there's more other people playing it too. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Sweet. Great words in the podcast on. <laughs> <laughs> coming coming from the resident old white dude. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, as always, check us out on Facebook, Bite Size Gaming. Check us out on Instagram. Um, you can get Troy and I and Jonathan's um, uh, Eberron content by visiting the DMs Guild and just plugging in our names. That's the easiest way to find it. I have other stuff on there. Um, we're working towards some other projects. We hope to release them soon. Um, uh, there's probably other places that I should be hyping, but I'm not thinking about them right now. So <laughs> just just plug our names into the internet and follow everything that comes up. That's the best way <laughs> That's the best way to make this work. Uh, Crap, i got to go back through my Twitter feed and start deleting things. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, for myself, John, Troy, and Catherine, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye.
Thank you, everybody. Bye. Keep rolling. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Yeah. Stay safe.